do you want to open or should I? Um, I was thinking about opening with a song, but it would involve actually singing, and I'm really bad at that. And then I didn't actually listen to it beforehand, and I had to look up the lyrics. So this can be our open. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Chad. <laughs> so speaking uh, of lyrics, uh, somebody showed me a funny video where they took the they took the lyrics to "Let It Go." And then uh-huh. they had Google translate it through eight different languages and back to English. Oh, how did that turn out? It's really funny because a couple of the lines hold their meaning and it's just like broken English. Mm-hmm. But then a couple are way off. Sure. Like, there's a part where she refers to herself as like as radiating sunlight or something. And it, the translation is um, ice all around growing radiation within me. <laughs> and then like the chorus part is give up give up I like that there's something wonderfully nihilistic about Elsa in a Disney song just going give up give up I think one of the lines is like I asked God and heard nothing back or something where it's like, <laughs> it feels almost deliberately like a twisted version of Frozen yeah it's kind of great Ah. <laughs> uh. The internet it makes for weird, weird shit. And you find can. most of it. You, you, you're just like an archaeologist of nonsense. Well, I'm kind of like a character that, uh, like there's main characters and we got to stop the terrorists and we, only I have the secrets and blah, blah, blah. We got to, and it gets to the point where I have a puzzle that the evil terrorist has and like, we can't solve the puzzle. This clue doesn't make sense. And then it's like, well, I know a guy. And then it'll be like, the guy will, will it'll be my front you're, door and he's knocking on it. You're the you're the warlock character from what Die Hard Four. Did you Am ever I? see that one? No. So that was um that was when you remember the old Mac guy that he had his commercials? Yeah. And so he was in a Die Hard movie. And it was more techy than the other ones they were trying to be current. And uh they had to do some hacky thing and solve something. So the guy was like, Well, I know a guy they go, and he's like, he calls himself the Warlock, and it's just like this really fat dude in a basement, and uh, it, it goes about as well as you'd expect, expect it would. I remember really liking that movie in high school, and then I lost the copy of it, and I haven't seen it since. Aww. And when I think back on it, I'm just like, there's no way that's actually very good, but man, at the time, the movie was really fun. It was one of the few Die Hard movies that's not contained at all, like, instead of being in a building or on a street, it's just like... We're in the entire city, and there's helicopters crashing and stuff, and it's, like, maybe a bit too much, and then it tries to do hacking and and internet shit, and it doesn't work very well. So, this maybe isn't a good idea, but I would watch a Die Hard movie where it's a sequel, and he has, like, PTSD or something, and Mm. he thinks he's in a building with terrorists. That would, I think, involve more energy out of uh, Bruce Willis than he's willing to give in basically any project these days. Yeah. I don't think he just gives a shit anymore. I think he's kind of done. Well, I also feel like it would would be a downer anyways. I don't know that that would be a fun movie to actually watch. But, like, the idea, I feel like there's a story that could be told. Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of, like, it's like fan fiction, right? That what I told you the other day, it's like Game of Thrones, but it's in a world of Pokemon and they all have Pokemon. Yeah, it's a fun thought exercise. It's so stupid. I brought it up when me and my brother were playing Smash Brothers, and he doesn't know Pokemon very well, and he definitely doesn't know Game of Thrones. And so I'm basically talking to myself, and he's not really caring, and we stop for a bit. 
And like ten minutes later, he's like, "Are you still thinking about the Game of Thrones thing?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "What? Why?" I'm like, I don't know. I picture somebody like having a flashback to the Mad King, and the flashback is him standing there next to his Tyranitar, and the Tyranitar like roars, and like an earthquake is destroying and radiating out the city. I like the idea of Daenerys having three like uh, Dratini eggs, and like they hatch at the end, and like it's. She's got the three Dratini, and then they eventually evolve into Dragonites. Well, hmm. They're just, like, hyper-beaming cities or whatever. Would it be Dragonite or, like, one of the other ones? Oh. Uh-huh. So my, my knowledge of Pokemon is basically stuck with the first two generations. Okay. So there's let's... not a lot of Dragon Pokemon in the first 250. Let's see. What would be the best? Dragon Pokemon. I want it. We're not going to go... do this in... To Salamance, but I don't know that it looks menacing enough. Um. Oh, Hydreigon. It's a neat name. Where is it? What number? Where is it's he? a it's a literal Hydra. Okay. And it looks kind of spooky. Hydreigon. Oh yeah, that one's all right. It's not perfect, but I I picture it. The thing, yeah, because the problem with Dragonite is he's kind of cute looking. Well, he doesn't even look like a dragon. He looks like an evolution of a fairy like a or something. Yeah, well, like maybe. a like a like a PBS dragon. Yeah, I mean, technically, it could all just be Charizards, I guess. I mean, he he literally Dratini and Dragonair were gonna be the dragon Pokemon, and then a different artist was like, "Well, no, there should be a third one," and then he designed it, and it completely broke from the <laughs> design of the first two. And it's like, dude, can you just put a little more thought into this stupid thing? Yeah, the problem, yeah, like because the idea of like, okay, if they're all if they're all Pokemon masters, or not masters, but if they have Pokemon, like, it's like, who who has what Pokemon? Like, what is what does Tyrion have? And I kept thinking of Meowth, because Meowth has payday, and the Lannisters always pay their debts. <laughs> and then I'm just like, should I be proud of that little bit of wordplay that I just did, or really, no, it, really disappointed? No, that's actually decent, dude. That's, um, I like that. Uh, and so that's been, like, my headspace for the last two days. <laughs> like, all the Stark kids get EVs, and then Sansa still gets killed. Uh, Limeria the dog. Oh, you know what's a good dragon Pokemon is Gudra. It's a good one. Oh, here we go. I'm in Bulpedia. Oh, that's that weird one that's in... I've seen a lot of really bad fan art of this one. Yeah, it's the dumbest Pokemon, but it, like, triggered somebody's autism. Well, it's like... it's like and it's, like, contagious. <laughs> half goo or it's drooling or something and so they're just like you know what we should do with this one is just make it suck a lot of giant penis because it's already got the slop on it that's the thing like something about the design like triggers furries and immediately already looks like art yeah (laughs) yeah so it's like they just take the official art and like copy paste it into a different scene and like look i did it it's great which is really kind of funny oh yeah god there's a lot of pokemon yeah, I love Pokemon. There's over 800 of them little fuckers now. I saw Detective Pico. This one's named Guzzlord, which is really close to Jizzlord. <laughs> That's upsetting. So, Detective Pikachu was recommended to me by, like, multiple people mm-hmm. after I decided I didn't want to see it. But it's like, Cameron, you gotta <laughs> see it. That picture you see is really funny. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Anyways, um, Detective Pikachu. So I saw it as bad. I don't. Mm. I wish I didn't see it. Jean Luc and Alex both really liked it. Yeah, they would. 
And it's like, well, Jean-Luc's hard to please with movies. And so I'm just like, well, wow, if they liked it, it must be really good. And that sincerely surprised me. Honestly, like, talking about it on the comics podcast is one of the things that got me to consider, like, oh, maybe I should see it after all. Hmm. So I'm we like... steered you wrong. I, well, and it's rare. I'm genuinely surprised anyone likes it, because it's so... The first half of the movie is, like, interesting, and it's setting up something. And the second half is such a train wreck, where it's like, why did you bother setting anything up? This is all nonsense. Did you see it yet? I have not seen it yet. It just it gets to a part where there's no consequences for anything, and it's just like here's a sequence. What if what if they could just magically, uh, what if the Pokemon was just magically as big as a mountain, and then it was like it was rolling over, so there's an action scene, and then also nothing happens after that. Hey, what if what if they could just magically a Mewtwo and they can just become Mewtwo if they want to? Wait, what? And it's like what are you talking about? <laughs> So do you, were, did you object to it because of of narrative reasons or Pokemon reasons? I guess no narrative reasons. Okay, I I don't, and I know it's it's deliberately aimed at children, mm-hmm. but I feel like even a child can like solve the mystery by sure. the halfway point, and because it becomes very clear that like, I mean, are you do you care about spoilers? Um, part of me does, and part of me doesn't, and I don't know which part I am right now. Is the well, dad the Pikachu? Yes. Okay. See, because that, that seemed like the most obvious twist the movie could possibly take. That's how I felt. And, and then uh, halfway and so, through the movie, it's like, oh, so uh, there's there's an evil rich person that owns this science company, and he's the one that's like experimenting on mute. Okay. That's like established at the beginning. But they they reveal that the rich person that's in charge of the company, he got a disease, and now he's stuck in a wheelchair. Okay. And it's like, okay, I see where this is going. And then they found out that with Mewtwo, they can use Mewtwo's powers to put people's souls inside of their Pokemon. And it's like, mm. okay, I see where this is going. And also, there's a talking Pikachu that has his dad's hat. And really likes coffee. Right. And... And then it's like, oh, also they're researching a thing where they could use a, a head interface so that the guy could control Mewtwo. And it's like, okay, I see where this is going. Yep. Like, do something with this. And they just, it meanders so weird. Huh. And then it ends with this Deus Ex Machina thing that is, like, not at all satisfying. That's a shame. I mostly want to see it for Ryan Reynolds, to be honest. And there's there's fun little moments um, it was fun to play Where's Waldo and like notice my favorite Pokemon in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple cute moments where it's like, oh, I like that Pokemon, and he did a thing I like, hey. But so you know, I tried to enjoy that stuff, but narratively, I felt like they could have done something a little more um structured. Sure. Without even changing the the overall plot a whole lot. I don't like the idea of the dad being the Pikachu. Yeah. Just because I think that's that's a bad twist like, in any type of fiction. Um, because it's either so predictable you guess it right away like I did, or it doesn't make any sense at all and you're just angry when it's there. Because it's just like, that's stupid. Why is that the twist? That, that's, you're just trying to be obtuse. I don't know. Like, I've any kind of... Whenever I've seen that done somewhere, because I know I've seen that in other stories. I can't remember which ones. But it's always just, like, heavy eye-rolling from me. 
But I know, like, in the commercials, they, like, establish that the, the Pikachu has amnesia, and the kid's the only one that can hear it, and he's got the dad's hat, and it's just like, yeah, I can put two and two together just from this, like, 40-second clip. I like, uh, like, the first shot of the movie. Not the very first shot, where, it, like, it shows Mewtwo. But the, like, after that part, the first shot is Tim and his friend out in the woods, and there's they're looking for Pokemon, and there's some tall grass, and oh, then nice. they find a Cubone. And it's like, come on, dude, you got to catch that Cubone. And there's this perfect shot where he's holding the Pokeball up, and he's looking at the Cubone, and it's framed just like the game, like oh, when yeah? you find a wild Pokemon. But it's done in a subtle way, where it's not like, hey, we're referencing the game real quick. It's just the shot naturally lands that way. That's cool. And it it that first scene gave me way too much hope for the rest of the movie sure because it was done well and intelligently and fun nice and then it kind of meanders between those three different things for the rest of the movie and it never like settles on a good spot it seems like a movie that probably has a really rough act too yeah because it's just that just seems to be the case with movies is act two is like the hardest one to get right Act 1 and 3 are usually great, and then Act 2 is like, oh fuck, we gotta fill 40 minutes yet of, of stuff in between. Well, this case is probably more like 30 minutes, but I can't imagine it's a very long movie. I don't think it is. Um, I don't know, there's some there's some cool stuff about it. Um, there's some weirder Pokemon that I didn't think we would actually see in there, and it's like, oh, that's cool that they're there. Um, but, uh the, the, this is the clip of Pikachu dancing, is that like the end credits? Um, you know, I didn't say that could have been the stinger, but it wasn't the base credits. Okay. I mean, cause it, does he dance in the movie? Because I keep seeing this, like... No, I think that was kind of a promo thing they released, um, oh. like, a week early or something. It's super cute. It's just, yeah. like, the cu- cutest fucking thing. And honestly, I, I think the movie could have used more stuff like that. It There's some... There's some clever promo stuff that went around. Mm-hmm. Ryan and, Reynolds' YouTube channel was, like, really great the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's, like, that stuff was sometimes more entertaining than scenes in the movie. Sure. Um, Most of that stuff worked better in short form. But it's, like, man, I wish they had fun with the Pokemon instead of just using them as, like, background. I hope... I'm guessing they'll do another Pokemon movie, because I think this is going to make enough money, and people are generally going to like it. And so it's like, you know, the if the first one's not perfect, hopefully the third one will be, because usually the second one is worse. I, I would wonder, though, because with this one, I don't think it really sets up for a sequel, because the whole thing was Ryan Reynolds is the star yeah. as Pikachu. And I feel like if they wanted to do another Pokemon movie, they'd probably do something very different and i want to say it would have a structure similar to the anime movies where like the whole world's in danger sure you know and this kid has to save the day with his pokemon and it's not to say they couldn't do that but i i don't know that that's what i want to see yeah probably at least in live action i don't know i'm really curious curious what the sonic movie is going to be like especially now that they're like redesigning sonic yeah i i kind of don't know uh when when we actually see what the redesign looks like, I want to see what the internet reaction is because I really like the the train wreck design they have. It's so 
weird that it makes you want to see the movie. And if it looks better, I might be like, oh, it just looks like a shitty Sonic movie now. Dude, that trailer played before Detective Pikachu, so I got to see it on the big screen. And I realized, oh, I'm not going to get to see the rest of this movie on the big screen. <laughs> what if it's a bonus feature? It's so like, here's the whole movie on the like the Blu-ray. Here's the whole movie, but with the original Sonic. I, if they were smart, they would lean into it and they would make like worse designs and put those on Blu-ray too. Yeah. Um, I want to have one where he just looks like a ball of fur with like naked human arms sticking out. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> um, I I, I I don't know the. <sighs> Sonic is so weird. Yeah. I don't know the what I actually... The comics have been really good lately. I don't know if you're still reading those. I stopped sending them to you. No, I haven't been following them, but I I can tell they're actually, like, putting thought into it. Yeah, the, I think the creative team's having fun, and they're, 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 doing, they're doing a pretty solid job for, like, the property they have. I've, I've really been enjoying them. Did you see that video going around where somebody went to the Detective Pikachu movie... And the Sonic trailer came up, so they pulled out their phone, they're recording it. And when it got to that one scene, the whole audience, like, said along with the movie, uh, meow? No, but that's pretty funny. It was great, because they all said it, and then the theater erupted with laughter. And it's like, man, there's so much joy in that room right there. Yeah. It's almost a shame to let it go. (laughs) Like, if we could have collectively gone and seen the first movie that had a Mystery Science Theater riff track over it at release. This could have been something special. Yeah. I feel um, bad. I feel bad for, like, the people who worked on it. Because it's just, like, you get that you get that note in your thing. Like, we're going to work on a Sonic movie. This is a pretty beloved franchise, at least with specific people on the internet. But also, it's been around a long time. It's, it's iconic. You're just like, oh my god, I get to work on this thing. We're going to make the best Sonic movie ever. They say this can't be done. And then it's, like, two years later, and you're just like, fuck. You know, like, what did we do? And and it, none of it's probably their fault, because they have all these higher-ups that are, you know, this is what it needs to look like, this is what needs to happen, this is the script. So, this is my insight on that. I don't feel too bad, because the reality is with a movie this big, the team is so big, the people who decided on that final design are the designers, and they're the ones that are taking all the negative feedback. But all the hardworking, faceless animators are just, they're handed a thing and they're told, okay, for this scene, he has to say, uh, meow, can you just animate that? And they don't have any input or say to it at all. Sure. To some extent, it's just, that's work for them. And okay. having the movie extended just means they don't have to look for a job anytime soon because they're going to keep this going. For the I design suppose, yeah. people, <laughs> and and also like for the model workers, they're gonna have to work a little more overtime. But it's not actually a huge ask. It's just this weird weight of, okay, we really messed up. We told everybody it's gonna be better, so the next one has to be good. Well, I imagine the um like the model is probably not gonna be that much different. Proportionally, it's gonna have to be the same, just because. Uh, I imagine they did some mocap stuff to get that right, just because like. His his proportions are so humanist, which is kind of the problem. I have a feeling they're going to change his face around a bit. Yeah, so I have a have feeling to they're going to like make that. his eyes bigger and not much else. Yeah, and it's like I think you could leave the face. I just want him to have a bigger head and smaller arms. Yeah, like if if we're talking small changes, I would rather change the proportions. I think that would make it better for me. But then I've heard other people where they don't mind the proportions; they just want the eyes bigger. 
And I realized, oh, no, you can't make everyone happy, and this is just going to blow up in their face again. Yeah. I wish they had just stuck with the original design and just been like, you know what, no, this is what we did. We thought people would like this, and maybe we like it, maybe we don't. I don't know. I think they they would be best off if they were self-aware and just straight up have a a, a sock puppet or um and like green oh, screen God. it in or get like tamers one two three four five to do it in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> um, imagine if that's how tamers one two three four five got his big break. And you know, like the opening would have like him in his dumb costume doing like the the introduction to the movie. Say, hey everyone. I hope you enjoy the movie. I work real hard on it for all of you uh, fans who always watch Sonic on the Ground. I don't know. It's going to be a train wreck one way or another. So Yeah. Have you been following the, the Sonic Twitter? Uh, no, not recently anyways. Because they been... have fun. But they did a... <laughs> They did this one, um, like the uh, this like Q and A thing where they got some of the voice actors to take questions on Twitter and then do it in the character voices. Oh yeah, and it's kind of fun because they they took random questions from people, but they also took some like celebrity people, so they like name drop Game Grumps, um, and like the Eggman said something like, "Dear Aaron Hansen, you'll be hearing from me very soon." And, like, that made Aaron's day, where he's like, I can't believe Dr. Robotnik's talking to me. Nice. <laughs> and it's like, when they have fun with it. Yeah. Oh, shoot, I, I showed you that uh, that dialogue from the racing game that just came out, right? With uh, Ro- um, Rouge and Tails. I think so. That sounds familiar. Where, like, she kind of makes a reference to him sitting on a bench, and then Tails, like, completely overreacts to it. Yeah. Did you get that? No. Oh, so... <laughs> what? I okay. So I got to show you this picture real quick. Where it's to describe it to everybody else. It's just a picture of tails sitting on a bench in a park. Okay. Yep. So that's the cover art to a horrible fan comic. Oh God, I know that fan comic with like diapers and other things and. There's a lot of underage stuff in it going yeah, on. Yeah, that, that one's be really, on. really bad. For them to kind of make a joke <laughs> about Tails sitting on a bench, it's like, you know, you, you guys need to put that stuff in your games if you want to win over your fans. As, as like, weird as this is, that was the funniest thing I've seen in a while. No, yeah, I guess if you can put two and two together like that, that would be... It, it's To me, it's almost like seeing... um. Uh, loss in something, right? Like in the background, yeah. Like the, the lines, and you're just like, I can't believe they put loss in here. The thing is, <laughs> is loss isn't a, a scat slash pedophile web comic. No, this so... is like a this is a tier beyond where it's like, oh, I hope no one like who's unaware for some reason where to Google Tails Bench. Um, but even then, they'll get the know your meme page that explains it without getting graphic. Yeah, I think that was one of those fun things 4chan introduced me to many, many years ago and I actually went there. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> this is what's on this site. Why am There's I a here? Sequel. There's a sequel to that comic. Oh, God, why? I, I mean, Well, clearly whoever made it made it for a reason, and I don't think that reason went away. Right, yeah. Um, But yeah, being self-aware goes a long way. Yep. And I think 
if if Sonic Team was in charge of this movie, it would be a different movie. But it's, it's like it's why Sonic Boom is really good, right? There's a lot of really oh, self aware yeah. jokes in Sonic Boom that are really funny. Yeah, and aware of not only Sonic but the fan base and just the nature of cartoons and how cartoons are made. Mm-hmm. And cartoon watchers who are like thirty year old men that watch cartoons. They understood all these things. It was good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, don't know what else you want to talk about. We're what a half hour in. So I talked about a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast. I like. Um, okay. Yeah. I brought it up a couple times. Limit Break Radio. Uh, I told you like the the original hosts. Um, they kind of left the show because they got a job doing real radio. Oh, good for them. Oh yeah, good for them. They got uh, this is like not the internet. It's like actual radio waves. <laughs> Um, international broadcasts. The they're actually the first radio show to be video game and esports focused. It's like it's actually kind of a big deal. And what's really cool is that they got there from their own hard work. You know, it's not like they know somebody or they're in the system or something. It's not like IGN carried them on a big website. It's it was literally just their blood, sweat, and tears. Sure. So that's really cool. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> so, anyways, um. The show went on without him, but the whole thing is that, like, Final Fantasy's been kind of up and down, and before this opportunity came around, they're kind of like, man, I don't know if we want to do this anymore. Like, this this game's just, like, it's so hard to actually talk about on a weekly basis. Uh, so they they decided to finally have their last show today. Okay. Oh, yeah, you, you were going to, like, send them some fan art. Yeah, it's not, I, well, I already gave them the fan art, but... Okay. Excuse me. Um... But I, I did call in, and it was actually a really long show, and um, and they got Nate and everybody to come back and, and say hi and everything, and just have this little recap thing, and it was just so it was so nice, and it was a it was a goodbye, it was a goodbye to an era because they've been doing it for I don't know how many years now, because uh, they actually started with Final Fantasy XI. Oh wow! So I mean, they it's longer than just the life of this one game. They've been doing this for a long time. And it was really cool just hearing them talk, <laughs> I guess, in a in a positive way about where they're at and all the good times they had with the fans and the community and everything. And it's like, there's a way to have a graceful exit. Yeah. And I think they did it. That's good. And it's also just kind of refreshing that you can say goodbye to something and feel good about it. Yeah. JK Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean yeah seriously JK Rowling what the fuck well yeah it's just to me I mean, JK Rowling's a good example but I'm also I'm seeing all this hate about Game of Thrones ending poorly oh sure <laughs> it's like their budget's a lot more than this radio show yeah and what a billion dollars an episode <laughs> or so probably way it's, more than that it's a lot and it's just kind of it's funny to me that they could mess up so bad that people are still talking about it. It's funny with the Game of Thrones thing because um, I, I eventually just kind of talked with my mom who watched it all. And I've read the books and she's watched the show and read the books. And she she gave me a pretty brief play-by-play of how it ended. And to me, all of the plot stuff could work if it was executed right. Like, I, I believe in those character transitions and degradations and, and like, this is where they all end up. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. If you gave George Martin two books to do that, or two and a half probably, 
I could see the series ending there and being satisfied. Uh, and so to me, it really sounds like the show just rushed to the ending and, and made a couple of changes to make their lives a lot easier that didn't make sense in the long run. But the fact that, like, like Daenerys basically, like, madness runs in her family, she seems like she's going to be the one who doesn't get it, and then something sets it off, and it slowly she turns into the new Mad King. Like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Or um, the way they've been shaping up Bran in the books. Uh, I could see him, yeah, ending up on the Iron Throne. Uh, is a weird appease everybody. Like, that, to me, is fine. But I know, like, the show treated Bran like shit, because the writers didn't really like him. And then with Daenerys, it's just like, oh, the last three episodes, she's crazy now. So, I don't know. To me, it's fine, but I didn't watch the show, and I know the show definitely did not handle the characters with a baby as much respect as it should have, uh, as far as storytelling goes. But uh, if the just, series ultimately ends that way, I guess I don't care. I love that they, they have the gall to like end it with one of the characters writing the book. Oh, did they do that? Yeah, the, what's her name? Captain Phasma was there. And she's like, <laughs> she's writing the page and she's writing, she's finishing the page and she closes it. And somebody walks in and is like, like, oh, you finished your book. And she's like, yes. And she closes the cover and you can see on the cover, it says there and back again, a hobbit's journey. And you're like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many great photoshops where like it shows her writing and then it cuts to the page and there's like sketches of all the characters. And it says the real Game of Thrones was the friends we made along the way. Nice. And it's like, that's what it felt like, where they, they may as well have the narrator say, they truly were the Game of Thrones. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, so weak and amateurish compared to how uh, striking and engaging the show seemed most of the time. Well, the show was, I know at least for the first three or so seasons, it was like really religiously following the books and even like ripping dialogue from the books at times and so i think the difference really came when they ran out of uh big things to play by play and had to start connecting things on their own and it going oh shit this is really hard uh what someone explained to me once is that the appeal at the start was when uh the show is breaking away from every trope that you would expect sure um, in fact, I think they said this on, on Castle Super Beast. They phrased it really well. In first season, um, Neddard's going to be executed, and then they actually cut his head off, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, because every every character in that situation gets an out where they don't have to kill him. And you're like, right. oh, thank God. And then, But you're also like, well, of course you're not going to kill him. He's like clearly the main character. And then Joffrey's like, now I want him dead. And you're just like, oh, okay. Right. This is where this is going, and holy shit. So, so that's season one, and then season eight is they're going to execute Neddard, and then a dragon will show up and save him, and then fly away, and there's no consequences. Sure. And like that's how they summed it up. And it's like, you know, that's a good way to frame the frustration. It's not a matter of Daenerys shouldn't be crazy. It's a matter of the execution of the story is poor. Sure. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I get. I remember seeing visuals of, of the, the Night King, and I thought he looked like a Dark Elf from the Thor 2 movie. Right. And I know the books handle mysticism, like, with way more respect than that. And, uh, like, the idea of, of Martin writing in the Night King of the Walkers, uh, really, I hope he doesn't do that. To me, that's a really bad idea. Um, I think I've talked about that before, either on the show or on the, the other one, but I, I just... 
there's clearly more going on with the way religion works in this world, and I want him to lean on that. And it's just like, why are the White Walkers so, you know, organized? It's like, who knows? We literally can't solve it because it's like an evil god and we have, you know, it's it's beyond us. And Because to me, then it, that's falling into more cosmic horror, which I prefer over, oh, actually, there's just this other night elf looking fucker who, uh, who, who leads them all and he's got a sword too and we have to stab him. And it's like, oh, that's, that's dumb. Because you're, you're taking, like, zombies, you're taking, like, this, this, uh, like an ant colony's worth of, like, things, right? And you're reducing it down to, if you kill one person, you win. And that, I don't like that, because to me, it's just, like, it takes a lot of the, the fear and the mystery away, and now it's just, oh, it's just a different army. Well, now it's the ninth army, we have eight, now there's nine, or whatever. Ah. Uh, what are you Fantasy- gonna do, though? Yeah, fantasy's interesting. There's been a thread on uh, Reset Era, that side I go to a lot, and, like, it's like, hey, if you didn't like Game of Thrones, you should read these fantasy books. And it's, there's, like, nine or ten pages now, people kind of going back and forth of, like, no, that book sucks, read this one, no, that book sucks, read this one. Um, And I'm at a point with fantasy where I feel like anything that's probably been popular enough for people to talk about, I I don't want to touch because a lot of, like, the prose isn't super great, if nothing else. Like, Wheel of Time's the big one. But the, the the thing with Wheel of Time is like this book, book series is really great, except like four novels in the middle of the fourteen are really bad, and then the author dies, and then a different author finishes, but he does a decent job, and it's just like, okay, fourteen books is a lot, and you're telling me at least four of them aren't good, and I might not like the last ones because it's a different author. Why on earth would I start that? You know, and then other people are like, yeah, and it's kind of more you know written kind of for teenagers as ways well like the prose is handled, the the, the character writing's not great, and it's just like, but you're telling me I should read this. You're doing a really bad job. And then there's other books that show up in that, that some of them I recognize, and it's like, no, I know that's bad, I've read it, and others it's just like, I've never heard of that, but it's in the same context as some of these other books. I don't I don't think I will. I want to. I want them to adapt, like, a really bad series, but with the HBO budget. That'd be kind of fun. And, like, save it. Like, if they could find something that's notoriously bad... And turn it into an uh, like a Game of Thrones craze. I want. Uh, I want another goddamn Warcraft movie. Oh yeah, you know I liked that first one. I thought it was fine. Um, personally, I really enjoyed it because I love that stuff. But in a more objective sense, I thought it was fine. Yeah. So I was a little surprised they didn't make a sequel because it made a lot of money overseas. I like imagine a, it was a fucking pain in the ass to make. Maybe, but there's a lot of movies that are just. I mean, there's so many, like, garbage CGI mess movies that just come and go. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, the stuff that we get pumped out. I just, I want, like, I want, like, a John Wick movie, but with fantasy. And not in just, like, the sword fighting, throwing knives kind of way. I want, like, I want magic. I want, like, a John Wick, but he's a magician, and he's throwing spells at people. And, like, that kind of, and we got a taste of something like that in the Warcraft movie. Um, with fireballs and some of the and some of like the lightning attacks, and it's just like, how come we haven't gotten a really fucking cool wizard on wizard fight on the big screen? Because we got the budget, and we got the uh, or not the budget, but we got the technology to make it look awesome, and and it's just it's disappointing. Yeah, I really loved the magic in Warcraft because it it resembled stuff from the game, but also like narratively it was engaging. Yeah, and they had the wizard channeling a spell forever and then there's this huge payoff for it 
Yeah. And it, it didn't feel like, well, we'll just uh, MacGuffin all the problems away. It felt like he was doing something deliberately. You yep. know? Yeah, I want more. I want, I want some of that. And imagine, it must be a hard sell. Like, if you look at the fantasy movies, like, it's weird because Game of Thrones was really popular. But if you look at, like, the fantasy movies that come out, it seems like they're all kind of competing to at least make some money, but they there's never ones that really catch on other than, like, the Lord of the Rings did. And I feel like they were a really special case because they're based on such a beloved property. And The Hobbit had the potential to do that, and they're like, no, we're going to turn it into three movies and add a bunch of stupid shit no one cares about. But, I don't know, like, they're... I, Warcraft could have been that thing, and then they're just like, yeah, but then we kind of made a, a mediocre movie. <laughs> uh, just narratively, and... I don't know, there's gotta be something out there that could make a really fucking cool fantasy movie. Problem is, is so many of the, the series are like five plus books long. You know what they do, though? Just a hard reboot, and just jump to the Lich King. Mm-hmm. Um, just set up that in this world of Warcrafting... There is a kingdom with a noble prince who would one day become paladin, and this is his story. And you don't need the context of any of the other stuff. No, because the Lich King's got a goddamn army of fucking zombies and shit with them, and wraiths and, and uh, necromancers and whatever. Like, he's got, you know, the Lich. Like, you visually look at that stuff and you go, oh, I get it. He's the bad guy. I really like the Arthas book, because it does not play on anything else that goes on outside of what Arthas is doing. Okay. He's just he's one guy and it follows him when he's training to become a paladin and it follows him when he um when he has to kill all the people that are turning into zombies and you see his fall. I like honestly it's um it's the Anakin Skywalker story but with a little more structure. Okay. And it just focuses on Anakin. So there's no, like, cutting away to, like, what if there was a whole army of robots and clones? And it's like, well, that stuff is irrelevant to Darth Vader. Yeah. Darth Vader's a lot more interesting as a character than a weird little side adventure over here. And uh, the, the, the prequel movies have this weird pitch of, like, you're going to find out where Darth Vader comes from. There's Jar Jar and Watto and Pod Racing and Natalie Portman. And it's like, no. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I just I want to see I want to see the plague lands because as much as I didn't really like actually questing there in the game because oh like the aggro range on all the bad guys and there's lots of bad guys but the uh, the visually that area um is really cool and the atmosphere there is great and it's like genuinely creepy as shit and you're walking through and you're just like god I, I guess this is where I'm supposed to go next this is where the quest says but the quest is like orange so maybe a bit low level and then it's just like Here's, like, gargoyles that just descend upon you and are, like, breathing green fire or whatever, and you're running for your life, and you can't stealth because they can see through stealth, and... I don't know, like, the area is so ripe for cool stories, just the way they visually and, and structurally, like, have their undead army set up. And I want to see, like, that on the big screen, because I think that'd be really, really fun. So it should be, like, ah. dig trenches and stuff and kind of treat it like World War One, Like, trench warfare, but with zombies. That'd be cool, I, right? Yeah, it would be cool. I wish that Nazi zombie movie was better too. Did I see that one? That sounds familiar. There's there's so many like fun ideas that Hollywood get a hold of, and then it's not fun anymore. Sure. Um, I want to rewind a bit. 
I was thinking about the Ugly Dolls movie. Oh, yeah. If they took all that budget and then just made an animated Sonic movie. That'd be cool. But um, wouldn't that be better investment yeah. on everyone's part? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I mean, no, I don't know why anybody would want a live-action Sonic movie. Like, Sonic kissed that one girl in that one video game and everyone freaking hated that game. So maybe I love how that, that, that goes back, um, <laughs> Sonic's history is weird. Yeah. Like, back in his uh, inception, he had a human girlfriend. Mm. And um, her name was Madonna. And the concept art, quote, creeped people out, so they decided not to go with that. <laughs> and then there was a Sonic anime movie where he had a human girlfriend, and it, quote, creeped people out, so they didn't really, like, revive that. And then Sonic 06 came out. Like, we're going to reboot it, and we're going to do it right with a human girlfriend. And then it creeped everybody out. And it's like, hey, what if Sonic had really hairy, muscular legs? And it creeps everyone out. You spell Madonna. There we um, go. Sonic X Madonna. What do I get if I type this in? Oh, you found it. I don't... Okay, oh, it's, here we go. Oh, geez, like, this is... This is the right art I'm looking at, and she's, like, blonde. The red dress. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it's really weird. It just doesn't work because he's a, he's a fucking blue-ass hedgehog, and she's not. And it's just like, it's like so, when Brian and Family Guy dates women, and it's like, yeah, but he's a dog. So, okay, this is what I want to say. Um, Brian dating a woman is an example of how it doesn't work, and it's stupid. Mm-hmm. But there's another example where it does work, and that's Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit. Where it's a cute couple because it's like at first it's surprising like wait this clown got this like stellar woman as a wife but also you see their love genuinely and it's cute because he's cartoony and she likes to pet him and he'll like thump his feet you know and I feel like with Sonic he's not that cute kind of character. No he's he's definitely like out of the 90s. Yeah so it doesn't quite jive the same way. But it leaves me wondering if they were to approach Sonic in a different way, they could really force this if they wanted to. But then you have to ask why they're trying so hard to force it. Well, I guess, like, here's the thing is, instead of changing Sonic's uh, visuals, if you changed hers, where, you know, she was, uh, you know, wearing a, something a little more, um, not a red dress, right? Like, if she if she was dressed, I don't know, like, a little more like Samus or... Or just had more badass attire on. Like, she's going to help him with his adventures. Maybe that would work instead of making her look kind of like a damsel in distress with a bunch of hearts around her head. Yeah. Because it, it looks to me like she he's saving the girl, which is fine. But he, he doesn't look like a, a girl that he should kiss because they don't, they don't mesh visually and then also speciesly. <laughs> uh, I know. It's, it's, uh... I'm sorry, I just discovered something I didn't know. What? Apparently they put Madonna in the Archie comics. Really? Ap- oh. Apparently. I'm seeing, like, multiple art where she has this, like, SWAT team outfit. Yeah. Like, she's part of Gun or something. And, like, to me, that like that works better, right? Well, that's the thing. There's just, like, funny kind of interesting thing where it's, like, if you design the character and give her more appropriate motivations... Maybe it's a better, more warranted character versus just having, like, decoration for Sonic to wear. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, Sonic has a very clear personality, and you think he would date someone that meshed with that personality. Honestly, I don't even picture Sonic dating. Like, he's usually depicted as running away from Amy. Yeah. And at most, he's jealous when Sally talks to somebody else, but he's he's not often, like, swooning after Sally. Sure. You know, he, he cares about her, but it's kind of like he's busy showing off and, like, saving the day. And then when Sally's in danger, he's like, I gotta save Sally. I always like, and I know, I think this is the stuff that one um, Ken Benders or whatever his name is. Uh, we, we had, like, like robot, the, the bunny, the robot, and, and, like, all of these, like, freedom fighters. Uh, that, to me, was cool, Sonic, when it felt a little more... Maybe that was, like, was that what Sonic Underground's actually based on? No, Sonic Underground's completely different. Okay. But just, like, because they actually felt like this underground army and robotics taking over the world with his robots, and they're trying to, you know, like, they're the rebellion, and he's the, the Death Star kind of thing. And um, as a cartoon, I remember having, like, a, a kid's book of that, and it's, like, probably 80 pages or something with big font, and reading through that a bunch as a kid and being like, this is really cool. Sonic's got an awesome story, which, you know, not in the games at all. Um, and, like, a movie about that or some longer piece of fiction about that to me could work. Hell, even what they're doing with the, the fucking comic books right now works pretty well, though. So, you just made me have a terrible, horrible thought. Oh, man. How many what's... penises does it involve? No, what's that, too? What's that, mm, um... Mm, mm. What's the quote from The Grinch, where it's like, he had a terrible idea, a terrible, wonderful, horrible oh, good, idea. bad idea, or whatever. Um, so this is how we do the Sonic movie. Okay. We literally do base it on Sonic Underground, like, plot-wise. Okay. Where it's dark, and Robotnik controls the whole city, and, like, robots are just, like, this empire menace to everyone. And it's about Sonic and his siblings leading a rebellion to overthrow Robotnik and save the day. I mean, yeah, why not? And I feel like if it was dirty and dark and grungy... Um, you could do it animated or live action, and it wouldn't matter. I would Beginning still prefer the... animated, but yeah. I feel like I don't know. There's something about it, like just being broad daylight, and and Sonic's like sitting in a real car driving down a normal street, and I was like, this is stupid. Yeah, I think you could do that. The problem is you can't get too dark and gritty because it's a kids thing, and I feel like if you do go too far, now it's like it's funny because it's stupid. Um, because you have to balance. The grim dark a bit, but really to me, getting the, the the visual style and like the technology right is really important. Like one of the things that's great about the first Alien movie is this, how weirdly old the technology looks, despite it being like spaceships and shit, right? But it works really well, and it, you got this very old lived-in world. And Star Wars handles that pretty well too, with with some of the ships and with the, just the way they look and the the boxiness of them, and there's rust on them and, and shit like that. And so I think if you could do to make this metropolis that Robotnik owns and runs look kind of like that, like there's everything looks like it's got like some oil and dust and dirt on it, and things are too big for what they do. Like no one's got a smartphone, and if there's a computer, it's kind of like the old DOS kind or whatever. But it does a lot of stuff. Uh, I think that could be really cool. And then you could put the Sonic characters in that, where it's like it's familiar, but it's clearly nothing to do with our world. And then I think you could write off a lot of. Or, or just kind of hand wave a lot of maybe problems you might have with the story. It's like, oh, well, it's clearly not Earth. Audio problems. You there? Yes. 
Okay. No, I, I just saw the dogs outside and they were tearing something up. Oh. <laughs> I guess they like bathroom rugs. Nice. But you're you're talking about Robotnik and Dirty Grungy and everything, and I realized in Star Wars they don't have very good computers. No, they don't. And that never comes up. Like people don't complain that they don't have iPads and things. Right. And it, it and it's cool that like the technology is functional but not pretty. Then they got robots that seem like they have like a pretty high amount of sapience to, it. and it's just like, how does this work? But you don't really question it too much because you just kind of accept that it works, and it's like yeah, everything's cohesive enough; it. It, it works, it blends together. Yeah, and I think that's the issue when you put Sonic and it's like, what if he was in the real world? It's like, okay, I mean, I'm not twelve, so I'm not going to have this conversation. Yeah, but if you were twelve then you'd probably still hate the movie that's coming out because it looks bad. <laughs> Whoa, it's Donald Hedgehog, just like on my bottle of autism men. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I love my son. He's got gummies and Band-Aid. I need another Band-Aid, please. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to play more Sonic Unleashed because he's a werewolf. Sonic turning into werewolf is fucking stupid. <laughs> you know what bugs me? That game is really good if you don't play the werewolf levels. I've heard that. The running part, it's like, oh, they finally figured out 3D running. And then they ruined it and then won't return to it. Yeah. That's good. Uh, well. Are we, are we, are we, how many times have we talked about Game of Thrones and Sonic and Star Wars now in the last couple episodes? Well, honestly, I've never like got much into Game of Thrones. So I don't feel too bad about bringing that up. Right. The other stuff, shame on me. Eh. People know what to expect when they listen to this now. Let's look up Game of Thrones on E621. Oh, that's a... Opinions are sheep. That's a fucking brilliant idea. E... There it is. Oh, Google autocomplete me. <laughs> well, if you just type it in with the spaces, it, 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 it nothing happens. Okay, let's what? try underscores. <laughs> there We're is a have god. To... <laughs> Here we go, you gotta use underscores. Uh, the first thing I see is a dinosaur sucking a dragon's penis. I don't think this has anything to do with Game of Thrones. Oh no, they have wanted to see Raptor Rico with Reagan from Game of Thrones. That boy is super complicated. O W O. So I, I typed in Madonna. Okay. Interestingly enough, the first result I found was the Sonic character. Hmm. Involved with an original character. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't think I would find any Madonna art on this website. Oh, here's a pretty funny Game of Thrones comic where Daenerys comes in, she's like, Drogo, my son and star is good. And then he, and she sees Drogo playing with My Little Pony characters and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's actually not a lot of, like, nudity stuff in here. There's a lot of, uh, oh, here we go. Here's, uh. The, the characters from Zootopia dressed as Game of Thrones characters. That's kind of fun. Yeah, that's not, that's not too bad. Um, if I scroll up, there's a dragon licking Daenerys' vagina. That's pretty good. Daenerys has a really weird face in this picture. Uh, it's not, there's something really wrong with it. I don't... I, I'm gonna send it to you, because I'm a friend. I, I don't know what's wrong with that picture, but there's something wrong with it. And it's not the, dry, the dragon in the, the vagina thing, so... like... Her her expression is like um, 
it reminds me of like bimbo art where they try to they want to portray a character as being stupid for no reason. Yeah, maybe that's. But a... it also immediately reminds me of Bratz dolls. Her face is too flat. Her face is flat, but also she's just staring off into the distance. Yeah. Like, Why does I don't she have two apples next to her? To feed the dragon. I guess. I feel like the dragon's about to eat something else. I love dragons. Dragons are cool. Favorite. Like, one of the comments is technically cub? Question mark, because the dragon's really small. <laughs> oh, jeez. This is a this is a pretty gnarly dragon on some OC character. The dragon has two penises, and the the character is like some kind of deer thing, and the dragon's just got its tongue just so far up its ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two pages of Game of Thrones art. That's weird. And I'm such a loser. I wanna I wanna level up a dragoon just because I love dragons so much. Oh man. Okay. Here's dog on like Arya. Is that really the name? What, for the one lady? No, for the dragon. There's three of them. I can't remember what their names are, though. One of them's Dragon, and one's Dragon, and one's Drugon. I don't know if those are right. Bitey and... Why are there multiple pictures like the, of, of people having sex with dogs if I search Game of Thrones 9621? Because the the wolves are important. But one of these isn't even a wolf. It's just like a, some kind of not even greyhound looking thing. I can't answer that, I guess. Oh, oh this boy. is an actual comic. We should do a show live from Furcadia. I don't know if I want to do that. We don't have to do that. Uh, I'm getting distracted with all this horrible art. Yeah, I feel like every time we go to E621, it, no one really wins. Um, but it is, it is, like, kind of mesmerizing. Boy, there's a lot of, like, human-on-animal stuff. Not, not really enjoying that. What in the world? Some of these, it's not even, like, gross. It's just, I'm looking at the character design, and it's like, that's bad. Yeah, it's like... Ah. Oh, here we go. Here's Twilight Sparkle on the Iron Throne. It's just that's fine. design. What do you do? Get out of here, you. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> this was a, this is a train wreck of a show. I feel like it was really good until we got to this part. Do you have a glad space to share with everyone? I do. Um, I bought I bought the Adobe programs. I got Photoshop Elements and Adobe Premiere Elements. They're on sale right now. I don't know if they'll still be when this podcast goes up, but they're hundred bucks for both. You get both of them for hundred bucks. Sweet. Um, and that's a pretty good deal. And I'm I'm just really happy to have those. I've meant to get those programs for a while. I don't think I will use them very often, but they're really good at what I need them to do when I need them, and, and it's nice to have the option. So I'm happy about that. That's good. And that's a good uh, what, one to have. Yeah, what, what about you? Are you happy about anything? Are you glad? Yeah. Um. Well, I've been having a really nice vacation away from work. That's good. And like, not thinking about work too much. Uh, and also, we're, we're recording on a weird night, because on our normal night, um, some friends from work wanted to take me out for drinks to kind of celebrate uh, me moving on to a better job. And, you know, the, everybody showed up. Like, there was a lot of people that showed up. Oh, nice. And just a lot of, like, just genuine nice vibes. And, um... You're gonna you know, miss like, working with them, huh? You're gonna wish you had that job again. Well, I mean, I miss the people. 
I don't really want to leave my job. It's just there's things about it that I won't miss. Sure. And I'm trying to, you know, keep those in mind whenever I kind of think about it. But it's kind of nice having so many people that I like working with. You know, the last uh, seven and a half years, I guess, um, been pretty pretty good. I'm happy with the job that I had. That's good. And uh, leaving now, I think everything's going to be okay. Yay. Not everybody yeah. can say that, too, so that's cool. Yeah, that's something I want to make sure I consciously cherish, because I know that's not uncommon. So it's just, it's kind of nice. I'm happy that I had this experience. I'm happy with the a lot of cool friends I made and people I got to work with. Neato. Yeah. Down to play some Overwatch tonight? Oh, if you'd like to. Yeah, it's the, that event. Maybe we can get some fun dancey dances. Oh, yeah, there's some cool skins Um, I still want to try for. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have some fun tonight. Okay, uh, I know Joe wants to play, so I will go snag him and export oh. this. Uh, Matt might have a fourth player for a D&D game. Oh, really? So we might actually have a, a cool party if um if everything goes right. Yeah, sure. I, I think the more the merrier with that. Um, Did you make a character yet? Technically, no. Okay. And also, no. No. I'll get around to it. Did Joe make a character yet? No, but he's actually, kinda, he's actually thinking about it. Whereas I asked, I'm just like, oh, I asked yeah. Matt. <laughs> I asked Matt. It's like, hey, hey, did you still want to play D and D? It's like, oh yeah, I'm so excited. It's like, okay, did you make that character I told you to a week ago? It's like, oh, I don't know if I even have that book. It's like, I sent you the book. <laughs> oh well, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I need to do that. Maybe I'll do so that tomorrow. If any of you guys make a character, um, we'll we'll have some D and D fun, and I have a feeling that will turn into a podcast topic later too. Yeah. Podcast topics are good. Woohoo! So goodbye, everybody.